listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Um, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I've had a lot of coffee, but like my body is not at the point where it's like shaking yet. So I think I probably need like two more shots of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, uh, Fergie came back this week with the new single. It's called Milf Money. And I really have to admit that I've never wanted to become a DILF so badly. Like right now I want to have a baby just to own that title. So um, props to the Ferg. Speaking of music, I'm really excited because today's guest, um, he called in, I think, for our Halloween episode last year. And now he's back and he's actually in studio because he's in L.A. Um, And I told him when he's in town he needs to come and in studio and do hashtag no filter and so now he's here please welcome back rich redman how you doing brother drummer rock star author <laughs> motivational speaker what, what 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 am i missing rich oh god it sounds like a jack of all trades man right i'm busy i'm tired right isn't <laughs> that's the la thing to do is to be busy now yeah you can't come to la and not be busy oh no no <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. I love these these guitar sticks. I mean, not good. Oh, I just fucked that up. Drumsticks. Sorry. Oh, I you don't it. have guitar sticks. That's a new that's thing. A thing. Guitar sticks. That's amazing. Thank you for what that idea. What an innovative idea, Rich. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what what made you want to create your own drumsticks? Because um, you're a drummer and you're like, why not? You know, it's just a really kind of a cool thing. It hasn't even, even really hit me yet. I was like, wow, I have my own signature drumstick. You can go to Guitar Center and buy or any mom and pop music store or online. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And my mom, my parents are very, you know, impressed. Um, yeah, that's the uh, the Promark Active Grip 595 Rich Redmond Signature Drumstick. And it's my two favorite colors in the world, black and red. It's like, And it's the only drumstick that they carry that has a signature for the artist in red, which is kind of cool. I like it. So you hold them like this, right? The, and yeah. that's, what you, that's what hits the I guitar. I brought them for the, drum, I mean, the, the drummer in your life. I guitar. Yeah. You're for the drummer in your life. Or if you want to learn how to play the drums, man, you're set. you got your yeah, pair of sticks right here. I can learn how to play the drums. It's I so love easy to, to get... I love to hit things. Like, I need to get my aggression out. Oh, yeah. I feel like, does that work for you? Totally. Centers me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can get in the game pretty affordably now. If you want to play drums, I mean, you could get a drum set nowadays for like 299 bucks. you know? Really? Yeah, you're in that the game. That seems really cheap. I know. But, you know, for guitar players, I've had it easy forever. You know, 99 bucks, you can get a Fender Squire, and you're off to the races. True, you're true. learning your co- chords. and So this is great. Yeah, those are for you. So you're from Nashville. Not originally. I'm from... I mean, well, you live there now. Yeah, I live there. I've been in Nashville almost 20 years. It's been it's been really good to me. When, of course, when I moved there, it was like, you know, hot dog stands and hay bales and like <laughs> country and Western music souvenir shops. And now it's one of the fastest growing cities in America. And just condo, they can't, they're just building condos, traffic is horrendous. And, um, you know, people are going there because it's, you know, besides Los Angeles, it's one of the last true music cities where people like write songs every day as a job. Yeah. And, and we all record in studios together at the same time. Is like, it a big rock and roll spot? I see Nashville and I just think like country music. Well, I know. You've got the Kings of Leon, you know, you've had, okay. you had like a bunch of bands that, that come out of there. And it is the home of country music, which is, as we know, is like, you know, rock and roll is kind of in the pooper. It's like there's, you know, 
rock is dead. You know, the only kinds of music that are really selling right now are country and hip hop. And yeah. so, that's uh, do you like country? I feel like it's so annoying. Well, you don't like so you don't like the whiny steel guitar. No. Okay, gotcha. Well, some of the, you know a lot of the these new, the the new things that are happening is you can't even really hear the the steel guitar, and it's yeah. just straight up pop. Yeah. Dance music. It's what it's, would you consider Mumford and Sons? Are they considered country ish no, alternative? That's just that's like just like hipster rock. I mean, that's like alternative. Is that a music. real genre? I just created it. <laughs> um, no, it's like you know you got the kick drum on all four, and then you got a dude playing you know with the, with a, with a mustache playing a banjo. Yeah. But then they sell out the Hollywood Bowl in like yeah. two minutes. So I mean, it, the music business is such a tough place to be. So kudos to anybody that can get any kind of like traction or popularity is so difficult it really really is you know so when i go out and i we're you know we're playing stadiums we're playing for eighty thousand people and everybody wow. and they know it they know every word to every song and they're clapping along with my snare drum and that's it's like, awesome wow it's like we're in control of this party my right foot and my left hand are <laughs> are like the conductor to this big human dance organism yeah. you know it's a really kind of a fun thing you know what got what made you want to get involved with music was that something you always wanted to do i think it just calls you you know yeah. it's like you know I, my dad is an accountant my mom is a nurse and they're both getting my dad's retired my mom's getting ready to retire two high energy people and they yeah. you know they they saw that in when i was six seven eight years old i was hitting everything in sight and so i think my dad secretly wanted to be a drummer but he was like you know i'm an accountant i gotta pay <laughs> the bills here so, son you want to play the drums and so he signed me up for drum lessons and i took to it right away and of course yeah. i wanted to like you know be peter chris in the in the rock band you know uh -huh. kiss and i was playing along with kiss records and queen records and then i ended up you know studying uh, music and drumming, you know, f formally, you know, taking yeah. lessons. And then I'm, I'm really a product of music education. That's why I'm a big believer in music education. Cause I joined the band, the school band in the fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I was always in either in the marching band or the concert band or the symphony orchestra or the pep band. And always practicing at lunch and playing in bands outside of school. So just, right. you know, play, 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 play. They say, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. And so I was that's like, that's well, chump change, man. I did, I, I didn't keep track of it, but probably easily way more than that, you know? Because if you love something, it's so easy to, to work hard at it. You know, that's true. It, it doesn't feel like work. Right. And then you get better and better and better at it, you know? So you brought up music education, and I know that's something that you really feel passionately about. And I feel like that's one of, like, the courses in school that gets cut first like oh. people just feel like it's such a you know it's an elective it's not necessarily important and you feel differently why well, yeah. I mean, why I mean, is that why are you fighting so hard for music education in well, schools <clears throat> well especially here in california it's rough um but you know i was lucky because i i came up in in texas I, my, my uh -huh. family moved to texas when i was 11 years old and football did you like that it was texas a great place to grow up well i mean there's amazing tex-mex food I miss the Tex-Mex. <laughs> I miss the Tex-Mex food, and the sun was shining, and it was like Texans are super proud. You know, they're super proud people, they're and they're very American. And the music education programs in Texas were so 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 strong. Were they because of football? When you have okay. football, you need a marching band. That's and true. And we had the biggest marching bands on the planet. Like you know, where I went to school at Texas Tech University, we had four hundred people in the marching band. But before I came over, I scribbled down some. Some good things about music education, and you want to check, you want to hear yeah, this? Yeah, okay, yeah. this is what music education does for students it develops their language and reasoning skill, it helps their memorization and increases their coordination, it heightens their sense of achievement, it keeps kids engaged, it gives them a sense of success in society, 
Uh, it, it helps with their emotional development because music is a, you know, our highest, one of our highest forms of expression. It helps with pattern recognition. The kids who are in music get better SAT scores. It builds their imagination and intellectual curiosity, their spatial intelligence, develops their sense of teamwork, and they can take risks responsibly and ultimately it builds their self-confidence you know what i mean so right. that, that's what like music did for me it gave me an outlet for my energy to focus right. that energy and now i became an expert at something and every day i get out of bed i jump out of bed because i know wow i get to play the drums today right again and i get to do it tomorrow and tomorrow and so that's my message whether i'm you know teaching or doing motivational speaking it's like you can do whatever you want to do with your life just you know i tell the kids hey figure that out as soon as possible so you can get cracking on it you know get get to work on those skill sets so are you trying to say that like music education is as equally important as the curriculum that kids are oh, learning oh no now? you got you got to have your 3 hours but i tell you what when i was trying to make it as a as a working musician in nashville in the early days um i waited tables i parked cars i did construction work and i was a k through 3 substitute teacher and the funny thing is, is I, you know, I really felt like some of the music education in Tennessee was so underfunded and understaffed and just didn't have a lot of focus. So mm-hmm. I just taught the, the three R's. I, I got great satisfaction out of teaching kindergarten kids how to. Do you think music can be incorporated into those subjects in order to help kids maybe retain the information better? Sure. You know, I, you know, I wrote a book called Fun Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids. Fundamentals. Yeah, ages 5 to 10. So the idea is to make drumming fun, like it, drumming needed any help. I mean, drumming, <laughs> you know, it's it's man's first instrument. It's Everybody loves the drums. Um, but I wrote this book with the idea that, hey, a 5-year-old, we can spoon feed him this information. You know, I've got these funny little characters in the book, and there's coloring pages, and there's flashcards, and there's cool. The kids learn about the history of, of drumming, and then they learn about famous drummers like Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich and John Bonham and, you know, all the famous drummers. Ringo Starr is in there, of course. And then we get right to the drum set with them playing beats that they hear they heard on the radio when they were in their mother's womb you know i mean they i call them the money beats <laughs> you know so i teach all my students the money beats which are basically hey you want to you want to make uh, money playing the drums you got to learn the money beats so what are some good musicians out there right now that you think are good role models for kids hmm well my god if you Kanye West well <laughs> Kanye West, it's funny, Kanye didn't have a drummer. He shows up with, you know, 17 trucks and loads into the back of the Staples Center, and his drummer is a drum machine. Really? It's an MPC 3000 drum machine, which is, you know, like a $2,000 drum machine, which is great. It's a fantastic drum machine, but there's there's no one playing the drums, which is weird. What has to be all about Kanye? That's really funny. Somebody that you could teach a kid to say, like, look at you want to see somebody who who knew had a vision and followed it all the way through and knew how to create her destiny in her future. Taylor Swift. I know that she gets a bad rap, but well, I mean, she's on the cover of Guitar Player magazine one week and then she's on the cover of Vogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, she did it right. She did. And Kanye helped make her famous. Did you know that? He wrote a song about it. He did. It's called Famous, and he talks about how okay. he made Taylor so famous. She I got to catch up on my Kanye. She didn't respond. She didn't respond well to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what made you want to write a book for kids? Like, what made you want to reach that audience? Well, you know, it, I, I mean, I love kids. I love teaching kids. 
Um, but I, a friend of mine, he reached out to me and said, hey, I want to teach my five-year-olds how to play the drums. And mm-hmm. I've been l- kind of looking at all the dr- books on the market, and there is nothing, nothing out, there. out there. And he turn- turns out that he was a had written 12 books. He's an expert in the Civil War, you know, and he knew how to get a book from point A to point B and get it done. And that's my biggest challenge. I have so many projects going, but actually to get something across the finish line, you know, around my touring, around my recording, I needed help. So my idea of writing books now for the future is, like, I always have a co-author and so i bring my platform i bring my ideas and then i always have a running mate that can help me get that thing across the finish line and michael my friend uh, my co-author michael Aubrick, fantastic guy and and um we just recouped from our book man it's tough out there you know it's because it's kind of like a, a a niche right book you know what i mean it's not like my next book i'm working on is going to be you know a self-help motivation book for the masses and, and okay. there's always a big market for that so was there a tool that you felt really helped you when you were a kid at least pursue music um i had all the books all the standard books that i still to teach out of today you know which are um not to bore anyone but if, if somebody wants to play drums out there there's you get the ted reed book it's called syncopation for the modern drummer um even though the book is from like 1956 and there's a guy wearing a suit on the <laughs> you know and i don't know who, who gave him his publishing deal but the book is still seven dollars and 99 cents which is amazing but yeah that was you the, can't find any books for seven dollars you, you barely buy a nice coffee you can even get a kindle book for seven dollars <laughs> even Kindle books are like thirteen ninety nine. I'm like, it's a, it's a, an ebook. Like, it, you, right. there, it takes nothing to publish that. Right. It's funny. So you also do crash courses. Yeah. Which are your motivational talks, right? Or your workshops? Totally. Crash is an easy to remember ac- acronym. Stands for commitment, mm-hmm. relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. Commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. Five things that anybody from any walk of life can use to attract success to their lives and be a happier, healthier, more successful person in their personal and business life. So not just um, applicable applicable to people who want to pursue music. It's I do anyone. a lot of music. I just did the... Um, the Guitar Center on Sunset, the mm-hmm. Hollywood location a couple of weeks ago, which is a nice bucket list for me because I've probably taught at maybe 40 Guitar Center locations over mm-hmm. the years. But that's kind of like the big daddy. Yeah. Like, I did Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> and we had a nice time. I was really surprised that 100 Angelinos came out at 6, fought traffic at 6 p.m. and came out. and Yeah, sh- that's a really hard time. Shared Shared what well, we did. We shared two that's hours. like traffic rather. hour. It was down fun. Sunset. That's good. So really what fun. do you? So what are the lessons in your crash courses that you try to get across? Yeah. So the crash courses for me for the musicians, which is kind of what I did at the Guitar Center, was you know it's a, it's a across the board a talk play talk play format. I call it okay. like the Power Hour. So it's like the epitome of edutainment. So like giving people, educating people, but in an entertaining way, so they don't feel like they're you know being taught it's like yeah. wow two hours have gone by fantastic so i talk two about out your, your course well, they end hours. up being two hours i mean they really do <laughs> so um so i talk about commitment and the commitment it took um, for me to I navigate have commitment issues or at least that's what my, that's what my therapist tells <laughs> oh my god that's funny um so yeah i talk about commitment and how i applied it in in my you know field and how anybody from any walk of life can use it to apply it to their field and then i'll play a hit song that they've heard on the radio okay and apply they can see how i've applied the concept of commitment and then i talk about relationships and how i have never gotten a job from an audition in the music i'm bit. bad at those two i'm not good at relationships not good at relationships i dated a musician it didn't end well <laughs> um attitude Okay. I, talk, I talk about attitude, how it's so important and how enthusiasm is contagious and how attitude is the one thing people will always remember about you uh, consistently a boss, across the board. I talk about 
skill sets and the skill sets that you need to develop to be successful in your chosen field and and also encourage people to develop new skill sets to keep up with the Joneses in our kind of fast, ever-changing world. And I talk about hunger, you know, which is to have that hunger, that fire in your belly that I'm burns. hungry all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Look at I'm like acing all of these. I'm gonna be great at this. You have issues list. with two of them, and then you're you're good, you're good at three of them. That's not bad. So what are the skill, what are the skill sets you try to get across? Well, for the musicians, like for for a drummer, I say, hey, you want to be a successful drummer, so you need to learn how to you need to learn your rudiments, you need to learn to read music, you need to learn to play in styles on the drums, and then you have to figure out how to market yourself as a brand because right. because no one before someone hires me as a drummer, they have to buy into me as a human being, which comes right away from showing up on time, being well-dressed, right. being prepared, looking people in the eye, having a firm handshake, being a man or woman of your word, like basic stuff that a lot of people forget or they right. just feel like is not important, but it really is. The expectation is that you're going to be a great musician and it's the other things, though that other 99% that is so important that people kind of forget about and it's the same in the business world. So if I do a crash course for, say, like a, a Cisco or a Johnson & Johnson or a Hewlett Packard or any of these companies that I talk to, I just try to compare my story and what I the techniques I use to be successful to their current culture, their current goals, you know, what they're working on as a company, the products that they're you know, developing. I talk about how they can have better customer relations and create better products and, um, you know, treat their employees better. And it's really fun because it's not the, um, you know, traditional motivational speaker that shows up in khakis with the headset right. mic, you know, and does, and does PowerPoint. There's no PowerPoint in my presentations at all. It's just me. I feel like PowerPoint's annoying. It's so outdated <sighs> and boring. And I had somebody come to me and they're like, now you should think about incorporating um, po uh, a PowerPoint because I can't remember what you're telling me. And I'm like, good, because <laughs> I, I don't want people to remember it that much because then they start. Yeah. I want people to keep hiring me to do this. It's yeah. an experience. And it's like something that you kind of have to experience. You know? And I feel like when you have a PowerPoint, it kind of takes away from the actual presentation and people are people more just staring at the at, staring at the screen yeah. and taking notes. And yeah. yeah, I agree. Totally. So what made you want to give back? What made you want to even start these workshops and become a motivational speaker? You know, I always remember I had fantastic. Fantastic mentors and teachers along the way, every step of the way for me from 1977, my first teacher, and then all the way through high school and college. I had fantastic teachers, very encouraging people. And then I also, when I was trying to kind of develop my professional career as a drummer, I would send demo tapes all all the time to like famous drummers or famous songwriters. Mm -hmm. And it was just cold, man. It was quiet. No one ever got back to me. And I said, you know, if I ever achieve a position of notoriety or success in this business, I'm going to return Every email, every yeah. tweet, every, you know, Facebook message and just encourage people to, to just keep doing it. Right. Whatever they want to do, just do it every single day and just make sure that you're moving forward in some way. Because if you stop, then you're at the back of the line. Right. You know, so even if you just make in incremental little steps towards your goals every single day. What's the biggest lesson you think you've learned? Because I feel like you've had a really... As with any journey, it comes with a lot of ups and downs. And sure. I feel like you have a very multifaceted career now. I mean, you do the motivational speaking, you're an author, you perform, you, I mean, you have a lot going on and it all fits your brand very well. Oh, thank you. But that's not easy to attain. You oh. know, that obviously comes with a lot of trial and error. I'm sure there are many projects that you tried to take on that didn't go where you thought they were going to go and it was just a way to move to the next avenue. What's the biggest lesson you think you've learned throughout that journey? Do you know what I heard um, 
read a story about the I, his name escapes me right now, but he's the act. He's the lead actor in The Conjuring and The Conjuring Two. Okay, Patrick something or other. But it was in the back of the Southwest magazine, and I love it because it's so profound. They'll interview an actor or a scientist or somebody you love you yeah. know, and just some words of wisdom. And he said that he met a as a young actor he met uh, Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks says, "Whatever you do, persevere." And then twenty years later, he ran into Tom again, and he said, "And he said, well." I guess you persevered. Congratulations. You know? Oh, wow. And so that, that kind of stuff is just, yeah, it gives me goosebumps, you know, because yeah. we have the ability to, like, give those little nuggets of wisdom to people because, you know, now I'm in my midlife. You know, I'm in my midlife, and it's been amazing, like, to uh, to see and do the things that I've done because music was that vehicle for me. I mean, it's like I tell people, look, at I, I, I've eaten fresh salmon in Newfoundland, and I've I've ridden camels in Cairo and I and I've had a Guinness in Ireland and I've had sushi in Japan. Like yeah. these are experiences because of my commitment to music and my craft. It took me around the world and they yeah. can do that same thing. So it would be something along the lines of don't quit. And I also would say I tell my students I say um play from the heart it will set you apart, you know. So so if you add the heart to anything you do and passion is your fuel, right? And hard work, oh, sorry, passion is your engine, sorry, and hard work is your <laughs> fuel, true. you can do anything. That's I mean, really true. But you have to be passionate about something. You really you really yeah. do. I mean, you have to find that passion. And I always feel so sad for people that don't have a passion. Right. I know it's there lurking somewhere. They're just not making the effort to really find it. So what, what advice do you have to people that um, are pursuing their dreams, but they're maybe at a point where, because it's not, the, the, the road's not going to be great all the time. So what happens when you hit one of those hurdles? What's your advice to help them get over the hump? That's a great question. Um, I always tell everybody, um, I say, like, I, when I get asked to speak to, like, graduating high school seniors or college kids, I say, look, it, there are going to be dorms that are going to be slammed in your face. There are going to be speed bumps. There's going to be a lot of no, no, no. But you have to fall in love with re- with rejection. It has to inspire you. So when doors were being slammed in my face the first three years in Nashville, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll show you. And it's the same thing. So I figured out how to navigate one of the most difficult industries on the planet. I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor, playing music. And now people are like, Rich, do you know what, how difficult it is what you're trying to do in Los Angeles? You're, you're trying to act? What? Are you crazy? <laughs> that is the most insane. You do, do you realize how hard that is? And I say... No, because you know you have something to offer and you know the steps you need to take to get an education, connect with other human beings with that common interest, birds of a feather flock together. And if I have the skill set and I'm present in the community, I will find the jobs that I'm appropriate for. And it just, it doesn't scare me one bit. You know, it's just like, I'm going to approach this same thing in the same methodical way that I approached my music career, which is get the skill set, market yourself in a smart way. You can do no wrong. There's, there's got to be work for a guy that's 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> there's look at, hope for Look me. at Stallone, hey. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't scare me. What do you think is the biggest... When did you reach that point where you're like, okay, I feel like I've really done something with my life and I've accomplished something? When was that moment for you? My parents remind me all the time. I was, you know, breaking bread with them like a couple weeks ago in Phoenix. They came out to see me. They come out to a couple shows a year. Yeah. And they go, Rich, you don't, 
You don't realize. You've arrived, son. You did. Look at the things you're doing. You're playing for millions of people. People hear you at least once an hour on the radio. Yeah. You set, accomplished what you set out to do. I'm like, wow, yeah. But when you're a type A person like me yeah. and you just go, 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 it's it's really you have to remind yourself um, to truly be grateful and look back and drink it in and smell the roses because we're already looking to that next thing right because i'm a goal setter man you know i'm always trying to move i'm the forward. same way once before i finish one project i'm already thinking about the next project and what's gonna come after that and how do i top that and and you know what comes next i think mixing business and pleasure people like never mix business and pleasure and i go that's all i do yeah because i get so much pleasure from my from business, business yeah and we are and that's and how the, you know you're doing the right thing yeah and the creative arts were so we're such social animals, you know. Yeah. There's always something to celebrate—a premiere, a record release. A, I know. You know what I mean? And it's and but that's great because then we all of us creative types get around that watering hole, and then we're like, "What are you working on? What are you working on? Well, how can I help?" It's, it's. I love it. I really do. Do you ever feel like it's a little competitive though? I feel like at least out here in LA, it's not. You have to find the right tribe, and you have to know how to stick with that tribe. Because I think, especially in this town, it's really easy to come across the wrong people sure. that want to. They don't want to see you succeed. How do yeah. you deal with that? Um, I don't think about the. Neg- I call them negative Nellies and naysayers. Yeah. So there's the negative Nellies and naysayers are out, out there, but you just have to keep your eye on the prize. And I remember. When Facebook got opened from a collegiate application to anybody can join, right. I joined right away. And I was a, one of the first musician adapters in Nashville to really kind of really aggressively market myself on Nashville on Facebook. And I've got so much flack uh-huh. from our community for doing that. But I just kept doing it. And it's like... I'm going to take pictures of my food and I'm going to take pictures of my <laughs> drum and I'm going to take pictures and there, cause there's people out there that care about that and you just have to find out who those people are and you just do it unapologetically and just stay, stay on track. You know, I like that. When's your next crash course? I'm doing one on my birthday, July 25th in oh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And that's kind of like a more of a, a, a music one. So mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of people that are coming out that are interested from the local colleges and high schools that are really in all the local band program is coming out. And all the weekend warrior musicians will probably be there. So that'll be really fun. Um and I and I I'd like to say just go to richredmond.com for information on everything, but I'm so bad about updating my current <laughs> events and my news. So really, if anybody wants to keep in, abreast of like what I really have going on, the best thing to do is it's just my name on all the platforms: Instagram, okay. Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all of them. YouTube, it's just my name, and um, I'm always listing my events on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nice. So that's the best way to find out. And your drumsticks are those are available. Yeah, these. This is the uh, sounds so official, but this is the Promark Rich Redmond Signature Active Grip Five Nine Five Drumstick, and it's really fun. And I'm and I'm just I'm taking kind of like a grassroots approach to, approach to marketing these. And I just tell my friends like, Hey, you're looking for something you know fresh and new, a different drumstick design? Check these out. Let me mm-hmm. know. How. And I'm getting tons of fun feedback from people like, I love it. I love the look. I love the feel. And I'm like, Great, this is fantastic. So getting a little bit into product design, you know, now too. I, I also developed a, a bass drum beater up. Mm-hmm. At, at DW Drums, they're in Oxnard, California. Nice. So it's called the Black Sheep. And so if you go to dwdrums.com and you look for products or type in the Black Sheep, I also designed that product. Very well. cool. Yeah. 
So what's next? Books, drumsticks, sold out shows. You've performed with I don't know how many A list stars. Yeah. What's What's next on the bucket list for Rich Redman? I'm you know I'm just really really uh, enjoying um, educating myself and marketing myself as a new actor. And I mm-hmm. think I have like four little independent films, student film oh, type things nice. that I'm doing this fall. And then when I'm out here, which is basically any time that I'm not on tour, I'm I'm out here kind of hustling and taking auditions and stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm doing a new short comedy tomorrow with a, oh, with a graduate of the Groundlings. He's a really, really funny guy oh, named nice. Ken Hodges. And so he just brings out my funny. Because when you're around somebody that's like super, super funny. You just rise to the occasion. <laughs> and I'm just really, really enjoying that path. So, um, move, yeah, moving forward with all these things. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats. Everybody needs to go check out richredman.com yeah. and follow Rich Redman on all social media. What, on Facebook, Twitter? Are you on Snapchat? Is oh, yeah, that a thing I do, yet? I do a little snapping. I, a little snap I was slow to develop, take to it, but then what I'll do is I'll just do like a basic, like a little motivational thing a day on there, and then I... In, and poured it into Instagram. So. What's one social media platform you like hate? Of all of them, if you could just throw one over, it was probably it was probably the Snapchat. Really, right? it was a slow development, and I was like an early adapter of Twitter, and it seems like it's losing a little popularity. I it know. is. Yeah. I think it's now that I think now that there are so many options. Instagram's the jam. People love pictures. Yeah. It's like so instantaneous. It's like. Oh, there's a picture. People have pictures of themselves. That's what people, let's be honest. It's really funny when you see, when you go to somebody's page and there's like 500 selfies. <laughs> I know. It's so, like, like that's wow. their whole, yeah. It's like, I'm doing this, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing this. And I'm like, I get it. You do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you eat food. You eat food. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Rich. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Check out Rich Redman. Go to richredman.com. Follow him. He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. He's all over the place. He's probably going to do a show in your city soon. And if not, he's going to do a crash course. And if not, you can go pick up his drumsticks or buy his book for your kids, Fundamentals. Go check him out. Don't forget to subscribe to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes. Um, and follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. I'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.